0: The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes and thedealwithyield.com. Welcome to The Deal with Yield with our host, Joel Whipperford, Winfield United Ag Technology Applications Lead, and guest host, Winfield United Agronomist, John Zuck. What do you suggest farmers do to ensure a smooth process when upgrading a piece of equipment or upgrading a practice?
1: Well, starting early, getting some time for this to work, I always find that farmers will start on a smaller field or they'll start someplace, maybe in the back 40, not up by the road, to try to work some of the bugs out of technology. And I think it's really important, having experienced this firsthand, between a tractor that's a different color than the planter with three different types of monitors hung in the window that you surround yourself with a group of people that are also passionate and good problem solvers here. Having a team of people you can call is a really important piece. I know after having failed as the AgTech applications lead, after having failed on getting my Verberate planner up and running, I actually had to call one of our field staff who went down and got it running because they knew something about something that helped it go. So I think surrounding yourself with a, a good team is important. So with that good team is there's not one farmer
2: that I know that is a good adopter to technology that doesn't have five, six, maybe ten people on a list already that maybe are in the same boat or position or have already had an an experience with that piece of technology. So they have a network and they reach out and they build that network throughout the season. And maybe they know more things about some concept versus the other, but it's that sharing network and those people around them that allow them to adopt new technology and then still do it smoothly without a hitch in their
1: process.
0: You're agronomist, one of those people that can help, right? What role should the agronomist play in helping?
1: Yeah, so I think the agronomists that have been out there working in this that have really grabbed onto technology have become really valuable in some of these operations where it's no fun to be sitting on the headland not being able to figure out why the prescription won't work. So agronomists who have gone and gotten some training on uh, a GIS system or are using some farm management information software and really know how to troubleshoot prescriptions to get yield data off of the cloud or off of monitors, that those local trusted advisors that have adopted technology are really key. Our uh, CEO, Mike Van a lot uh, always kind of talks about technology will not replace sellers and growers, but sellers and growers who use technology will replace the ones that don't. And I think that that's just an evolving piece where people are gaining more skills today beyond just being able to read a soil sample and make a good herbicide recommendation.
2: So from the inside looking out, so to say, I think the biggest thing that an agronomist can bring to a grower as far as making a decision on technology is maybe the agronomist has a little bit different feel for, or at least, I mean, there's a lot of technologies out there. And as a grower, sometimes you say, well, what's the difference between this technology versus this technology versus this technology from product or from company A, B, C? A lot of times you can't tell the difference from face value when you've experienced that technology. And that's what the beauty of an agronomist, maybe the agronomist works with several growers that have access to all different technologies. They might have a little bit more insight to say, okay, okay, Technology A does this for your operation. Technology B does this. Here's what will fit best for your needs based on your farming practices. And I think just that foresight of having an idea of what's going to fit in the operation might bring a little bit more value to the farm gate when talking to your agronomist.
0: Winfield's united with the answer plots. And that's a great place to start, too, when it comes to technology and, and learning the latest information.
1: Yeah, the uh, answer plots are always trying to prove out the the applied science data that goes into prescriptions and continue to use technologies to make sure that the data accuracy stays really, really high. And they actually write prescriptions for any nutrients, herbicides, or any time they go across that field. The GPS guides them and actually won't turn a product on unless they're in the correct block. So imagine if you pulled into the field, you unfolded the sprayer, and the sprayer just wouldn't turn on because you weren't in the right field where that chemical belonged. When you're running the randomized replicated block design and you have to, at five miles an hour, change products, change rates, change on and off... That's a place where that data integrity piece really gets into play. And so we use the RTK technology to help us get really precise, but also help us with the data quality overall so that we stay on target.
2: Yeah. So one of the biggest takeaways from the answer plot and technology uh, that I was able to apply to a field this year was looking at the field forecasting tool. That's a technology that we work with every day as agronomists. And then how do we optimize our growing environment? And specifically what I looked at was nitrogen uptake. So using that tool or that model, that piece of technology to skew my decision of when and how much I should apply to that acre given that growing condition. And i I seen six different answer plots, 15 if you total all of them in Minnesota, and what we we're able to find by putting into that technology what our initial assessment of that environment was and then allowing the model to help us make a decision and remove that emotion is we were able to optimize both yield and then nitrogen use efficiency. So not only is it operationally sound within the answer plots, but also more so applicable sound as far as making that application across the acre and becoming as efficient as we possibly can.
0: Do you see areas where farmers are still having a hard time with broadband, getting the service they need to move into higher tech. Is that still a major issue in some areas? Or
1: Yeah, it seems like uh, whenever I watch those, can you hear me now commercials and the ones that are saying the cell coverage, they have cell coverage everywhere except for where it matters, which is right where our customers are located. And I think it's a difficult business model for them to want to go that last mile where you need that real broadband. John, you talked about having data to make decisions. With and a lot of those tools are web-based that you're going to actually utilize those. You know that information is coming from the cloud. You've got to be able to source that out locally and rurally. A lot of the technology tools that have been developed out there work offline and they can log data on your iPad or on your device. And so we've kind of skated around the broadband piece a little bit. I know our partners at Microsoft have worked on TV Whitespace, which is kind of an interesting piece. They got the unused UHF and VHF channels that are just out there being unused by television stations. They've actually utilized those to transmit internet over a short distance right now, but they're looking to try to expand that out, that maybe you could use the unused UHF, VHF channels to broadcast internet. I don't know that that can solve real broadband in and of itself, but whenever I look at the solutions, the information that's coming off of combines or off of as-applied data from tractors, getting that data to the cloud so that your ag practitioner, your trusted local advisor, can make decisions on those will be a key piece. And I think the data transfer piece has paralyzed probably drones the most. Because when I look at flying a 60 acre field and that probably is going to have 215 pictures, think about taking 215 pictures. It might wind up being a 50 meg or 100 meg file and you can't get that to move off of a 3G connection. So it's there's kind of these intersecting things that are going on out there. You could have better rural broadband speeds, but then there's also some things like edge computing, or uh, some people might call it fog computing, which is computing at the edge of the cloud. It's kind of a fun term, and they're doing the processing out rurally, condensing that file size down to smaller and smaller, and then just sending the small file up to the cloud. So in the case of uh, a drone image. This is one of the innovations that's kind of coming from a couple different companies out there, but they're actually stitching those images together on the drone. And rather than moving 215 images up to the cloud, they're just moving one final stitched image that's maybe only one meg file up to the cloud. So Joel,
2: you're talking a lot about maybe the limitations of that broadband and the different technologies that are limited by it. But most of the time, you know, I think For what we agronomic purposes, if you have broadband connection at home or in the office, so to say, a lot of the technologies can still be implemented there and brought to the field with you. So just thinking using the R7 tool to make a hybrid decision, for example, maybe the best time to do that is in the tractor cab, but probably can still be done when you're sitting in the office. Also, variable rate planting populations and variable rate nitrogen. A lot of times we're using these technologies and different components of these technologies technologies in places where they're a little bit more received as far as broadband capabilities.
1: So it made me think about one technology that may be coming in the future years that benefits us in some way. Of course, GPS is infinitely useful when you're trying to plant corn straight. Having planted in southern Wisconsin a few times and the GPS goes out and you, you actually have to go out and use the marker. We
2: well, guys don't plant straight there anyway, do you?
1: We have got to plant around the curve of the hill. So the contour feature is really helpful. Oh, yeah. Uh, But, you know, when that GPS goes out, man, it's like you have to drive the tractor and your brain just goes all crazy having to focus on it. you got to set Netflix down. You can't watch YouTube anymore. But one of the technologies No more deal with yield listening. You can't listen to the deal with yield. I mean, just the wheels off. You might as well shut down planting. One of the technologies that is actually going to get a little bit better is actually GPS technology that they've talked about unscrambling a little bit more of the code for GPS on your phone that your phone could get a chip in it that would make it accurate within a few feet. Now, I don't know the agricultural application of this. yet. Right now, your phone is accurate within about maybe 20 feet, depending upon how many satellites it has. But they're talking about adding an additional chip to your phone that would make it accurate within a few feet, which will have a big impact if you're going to the Twins game downtown Minneapolis and all the buildings cause distortion with the GPS signals. This will help you with walking directions in big cities. So remains to be seen what the application on your phone is for agriculture, but technology just continues to hygienically evolve and get a little better with every upgrade.
0: And we have an audience question today, Randy in Nebraska. What technology should I begin using on my operation?
1: Well, Randy, I think that uh, it's important to know wh- what you've got. And so not knowing where you're at, are you starting with a flip phone or have you, have you moved past that? And don't knock flip phones. My dad still uses one of those. Does he text? No, no. I texted him a picture of something uh, a year ago, and he has uh, repeatedly called me and asked me how he gets this text message off his phone. So I think figuring out what technology is best for you to start out with... I think that's a great discovery question to ask the advisory team around you in your operation who knows you best. They may uh, be calling on uh, other uh, producers and, and have some really good perspective as to which one might have the biggest benefit to you. If you're starting out, the very basic thing any producer should have for technology on their farm is a geo soil sample. I think that's the basis of all recommendations. Anywhere you start is to start with a georeferenced soil sample.
2: I think if you're going to go and ask for which technology should to start with, I think you also have to spell out your goals. I mean, technology in my mind, as far as in the field of agriculture, is so broad. What do you want to achieve with your technology? You know, what's your top three things mean? Typically, it you know, it's, well, I want to get higher yields, right? That's what I want to achieve. But then the other thing is, how can I be more efficient? Maybe there's not a yield factor in there. Maybe it's how can I cross more acres quicker? And then maybe the third thing is, is how do I optimize my system? Is it a rate question that you have in mind? Is it a combination of applicating different nutrients at different timings? Maybe that's a tissue sample question. Those sorts of things, I think you got to have a list of goals in mind to help you make that decision on which technology you're going to pick up and run with first.
0: You've been listening to The Deal with Yield with Joel Whipperforth, Winfield United Ag Technology Application Lead, and John Zook, Winfield United Agronomist. For additional episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes and thedealwithyield.com.